Hey, it's me, Lisa B, and welcome to It's Called Life, where I deep dive into womanhood, motherhood, society, and culture, and all the other things that make up this crazy thing we call life. And today I'm going to be joined by Celeste Yvonne, a new author and champion of the anti-wine mom culture. Um, which is something that I think we've all seen a lot of uptick in in the last few years. So I'm really excited to talk to her about it. So I have Celeste here now. Hi, Celeste. How are you doing? Hi, Lisa. So good to be here. So good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you too, because I feel like you have such a unique voice in the motherhood space. Um, So why don't you tell everybody about the Ultimate Mom Challenge and what your whole platform is kind of about? Yeah. And, you know, I started writing about motherhood um, and sharing posts on motherhood and whatnot about eight years ago, uh, just as a reprieve from the chaos that we all know as mothers. And it's evolved over time as anything would, as motherhood evolves. Um, But one of the sort of things that I fell into was drinking to cope with the struggles Mm -hmm. of motherhood and um, really finding that for the mental load of motherhood, for the invisible work, instead of doing anything about it, I was drinking. It was almost like I was drinking at my problems. Yes. Um, It it was like such a form of self-sabotage, but not even realizing that's what I was doing. And I really fell into the mommy wine culture with this idea well, it's that- It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I earn this. Like, it's been a hard day. My kids are assholes. I earn this today. And um, that's a slippery slope, as anyone probably um, who's in recovery will attest. Um, one drink, you know, turns to two, turns to three. And, um, I got to a place where I was really uncomfortable with how much I was drinking, not to mention I had become much less of the mother I was hoping to be. I wasn't Mm. present. I wasn't engaged. I was counting down the clock until five o'clock every night. Um, and I really lost sight of what I ultimately had hoped for my whole life, which is to be a mom. Like all of a sudden it felt like such a burden and it was uh, preventing me from living my best liquored up life instead of vice versa. Um, So um, I quit drinking uh, five years ago. And And did you go like cold turkey, like no drinks, like you just picked a day and I... I had a panic attack. Um, it was December after a bunch of holiday parties. I got oh, into yeah. work on Monday morning. You know, the Sunday scaries. This is like the Monday terrors. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I sat in front of my computer. The emails start appearing, you know, like t- dozens of emails just come out of nowhere. And I just had this panic attack. And um, after that day, I was like, this is not. This is good. This for is you. alcohol. This is mm-hmm. absolute. Like I am sabota- sabotaging myself. I am creating this problem, and this is going a very ugly direction if I don't do something about it now. So I just stopped drinking cold turkey. I did not go into meetings. I don't. I only told my mom and my husband. I didn't tell anybody else, and I was very ashamed of it. I kept it a secret, um, and I thought that this. Well, is there's just- this very big stigma 
when you say, no, I'm not drinking. Oh yeah. Cause it's offered constantly. Um, and I feel like anybody who's gone through a period where they're not drinking, which like for, you know, for me, the longest pregnancy, yeah. um, Most of you us. notice how much it's around. It becomes very obvious how yes. much alcohol is around when you're not drinking. <laughs> And in motherhood, it's it seems like it's the number one thing being pushed on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how we make other mom friends. It's what we laugh about when things are stressful or hard. Like it's become, um, mommy just, needs her juice. You know, yeah. all, like mommy you, needs the, mom. The juice. crazy thing is, I've never seen a drug dependency made into like a merch line. <laughs> um, right and. It's such a different spin because, and I would agree, I would say like our generation, it's become very kitschy, you know, this wine culture within motherhood. And I live in Charleston and like, it is a drinking city, like definitely. Um, So all of the things you're saying, like I see on a very regular basis, I sometimes participate in like, it's, it's very much part of mom culture to the point where people have like rosé all day, like you know, you know what I mean? Like they make mom merch about drinking. <laughs> right. They're, they're so connected. They're intertwined. And I think, um, for anybody who starts to get to a place where I was, where you're starting to struggle, it becomes confusing because you have sold yourself on wine or alcohol as the answer, but you're now starting to wonder, is this the See, problem? Have you sold yourself or have you been sold? Both, right? Like that's the thing. Cause I feel like drinking, you know, you go from college drinking, which is also very acceptable culturally. Very, yeah, and very toxic. And then depending on like, I mean, I had my kids at 26, you know, you you kind of slide into that where there is yeah. no point where you're like just a sober adult. <laughs> right. There is no yeah, middle ground. You're just an adult not drinking. Yeah. And I mean, it's so easy to fall in there and you don't really hear from myself personally. I didn't hear about um, ways to do things or make mom friends or even get through motherhood that didn't somehow involve alcohol. Uh, And I, you know, when I looked back on the history of mommy wine culture, it really did, uh, get very popularized, this message, mommy needs wine around 2010 with social media, of course. And, you know, my first child was 2013. So they, they just kind of very naturally, yeah, lined Mm -hmm. up. Um, And so it's not all that surprising. And then when you incorporate the mental load of motherhood, which is, you know, this concept that all this invisible work or all the things that you have to think about and not just physically do, but all the invisible labor about keeping the household running, Mm -hmm. oftentimes, more oftentimes than not falls on the mom, it becomes this uh, perfect storm. Yeah, it is too much. And I think the the tragedy is that we've, instead of making motherhood easier, we've just glamorized and accepted, you know, casual alcoholism because like, well, how else are they going to do it? You know, it, well, we could put in some place, some better systems and make it a little bit easier. And I always feel like this is probably also, and you probably, you've researched it more obviously. Um, but like mommy wine culture has to be an American thing because I feel like 
the culture around drinking in America is so different just in general. Yeah. I mean, it's very Um, Americanized. Um, I've heard England and Australia um, also have very problematic uh, relationships with it as well. But it really does fit into um, this, into our Americanized society that says women um, should be quiet. (laughs) Shut up, Mm -hmm. stay small. Pacified. uh, Pacified, uh, placated, um, and numbed out and not be loud. Don't get angry. You know, all the things that we um, have probably, many of us grew up believing or thinking of what makes a great woman or a Mm -hmm. sexy woman or um, a beautiful woman. Um, She's, she's quiet. She's um, pleasing. Uh, Submissive is the word I used and got a lot of flack for using that. (laughs) Which one? Submissive. Submissive. There you go. Yeah. And that can mean anything. Submitting to your lot in life, submitting to the status quo. I mean, Mm -hmm. submitting to your partner. I mean, I think the world likes submissive women because it's easier that way. And when you're drinking, you're, you're more likely to, I was more likely to be submissive because I was, like I said in the beginning, I was drinking at all my anger and rage. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't being vocal. I wasn't speaking up. I wasn't um, talking about it and I wasn't getting help. Well, and you, yeah, you probably also weren't getting the help you needed to take those stressors and put, you know, take them off your shoulders. Um, Because I think, so when you, when you talk about mommy wine culture, I think number one, there's the like almost holdover from like sorority and frat boy culture in it, at least here in Charleston, I can only speak from like my own experience, but it is very lubricated, (laughs) like the female and male spaces, um, you know, guys have golf and they have their beers and whatever, and women do the wine nights and stuff like that. And it is, it's all circled around drinking. And I feel like the only acceptable reason to say you're not drinking is because you're pregnant. Um, or people just assume you're pregnant when you're not drinking. Right. (laughs) And, and I feel like it's this like pacifying all of the struggles that you're actually going through. You can just blow off steam, get away from it. Um, and not really, as you said, be present and, and be critical of the things that are going on. Because if you have an escape, you have an escape, you can get away for it from it for right. a couple hours at least. And it, um, it's self-medicating, uh, the problem in a really unhealthy and potentially toxic way. Um, and it's not to say, you know, I'm not an advocate for, uh, nobody drinking. That's not it at all. For me, you know, once I quit drinking and really faced the rage and resentment I was feeling head on, um, I, I did get to a place where I understood what I needed to do and what we mm-hmm. as a society need to do for mothers to live a healthier life, for lives. And mommy wine culture kind of pushes us against helping moms get what they need when they're struggling. Um, and Well, and then I feel like if you find a mom also who is struggling with alcohol, it's so much easier to just be like, oh, well, she's an alcoholic. Not Mm -hmm. like, because I feel like this wine culture that has been so accepted amongst mothers, it truly is like, it's a symptom 
of so many bigger problems. Yeah. And the alcohol, as you said, the alcohol in and of itself may not be like the biggest problem. It's it's all the things underlying that that are making the drinking exactly. unhealthy. That's the problem. Um, yeah. And so in my, I guess my question for you too is like, do you see people who can have a healthy relationship with alcohol? Yeah. I mean, my husband's got a healthy relationship with alcohol. My mom's got a healthy relationship with alcohol. I've got friends who have it. And I think it exists. Um, mm -hmm. um, where I get frustrated is when a mom comes out to somebody or on social media saying she's struggling and we gaslight her by saying, sounds like you need a glass of wine or mommy needs wine. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's this way of shutting down her visible and a clear expression for help and making it sound like the problem she's facing is something as simple as a few glasses of wine could fix. Yeah. It's not like that may work after like one stressful day at work, but that's not right. going to solve like a lifestyle problem, which is what motherhood is. Like, you know, I, I talk about motherhood a lot on my pages and people always are like, oh, you're so ungrateful. And I'm like, I just can see the cycle that's putting women in this impossible position. And I don't think, number one, I don't think women or people who have children regret their children. I think, I think they regret the scam. Mm. That's motherhood. I think I we've all been duped to believe like, oh, mommy's a superhero. Oh, yes. you know, you've got this girl. Like, no, 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 no. You cannot, you cannot girl boss your way out of societal problems. Exactly. Like that's, and you can't drink yourself out of societal exactly. problems either. There's so many ways we veer women off the path of demanding change. And yeah. it's through mommy. Like, don't have culture. a problem, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get some help. And then, yeah, go find a basement where you can talk about all your problems with other people mm -hmm. who have that problem. But don't bother me with it. You're just ungrateful. Yeah, they want it to be a you problem. And I think you see the same thing, as you said, with the alcohol thing. If, you know, if if a mom does say, like, oh, I'm struggling with alcohol, they're like, you must, you must be a problem. And yeah. instead of realizing, I think I saw recently that, like, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get the like quote right or their percentage right, but I think it was like an ER nurse who said the like growing rate of alcohol admissions into the ER are like 40 year old moms. Mm, I believe that it. like it's the biggest growing demographic of people coming in for alcohol poisoning. And it just speaks to this like behind closed doors aspect of it. Because as you said, like People have alcohol, like people have always drank. I mean, there'll always be people who drink. There'll always be social yeah. moments when it's appropriate or like, okay, for people who have a healthy relationship with alcohol, but then you go behind closed doors and like, um, you know, I don't want to air too much dirty laundry, but like I come from a house of a person who didn't have a great relationship with alcohol and still doesn't. Um, so and nobody wants to be labeled an alcoholic. That's the other thing. Like it's like this taboo word. Someone would I feel like the the term like problem with drinking is so much more acceptable than yeah. alcoholic. And, and I yeah, I refer to myself I had a drinking problem, but mm -hmm. I I don't 
I don't have a drinking problem right now because I don't drink. You know, yeah. it's 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 all how you want to look at it. Whereas other people do like the label alcoholic because they they need um, that Those boundaries. That yeah, they they need that to help understand what they can and can't do. It's it's more black and white for them. And for me, it it just felt way more complicated. I I would call myself a gray area drinker because there were some days that I could moderate no problem, but then other days like just something just lit a fuse in me and I just mm-hmm. wanted to get drunk. Um, so, and the, the, I guess the real problem when you're a mom, you never know which way it's going to go. Um, and that's dangerous. Yeah. You've got, when you've got kids, you can't just um, black out and expect everything to go swimmingly. Yeah. Or just I, went through, I went through a little bit of a phase of that when I had my, my second child, my son, I had two kids under two. I was super overwhelmed, super stressed, home alone with them all day. Um, And I like when you said like waiting for the countdown, I was like, oh, I've been there. I'm not there anymore, thank goodness. But like I have been there and I remember waking up and this is like super, this is like a super intimate detail about my life. But I remember there was a moment where I woke up and Googled like how to tell if you're an alcoholic. Mm. I'm like, how, how do I know if this is okay? And the answer is it wasn't okay. Um, so I went through my own like mini journey with like, you know, putting limits on my drinking and being much more aware of it. And that's for me what it took. Like it took me being much more cognizant. So now, I mean, even now I still keep a tally of how many, you know, I know where my limit is and I, I count my drinks and that sort of like, that sort of stuff doesn't happen anymore, but it, it took being aware of it. And it yeah. took realizing that like, maybe this isn't great. Maybe this isn't. Well, and it's easy to get there. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you in, when you're in a culture where alcohol is everywhere, it's uh, the only drug you need to explain not using, then it becomes this, why that's- aren't you drinking instead of why are you? Mm-hmm. And that's where it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole. And yeah, it's, it's so commonplace and it's so acceptable and it's so even like more than acceptable. It's like pressured in the opposite way. There's like, why aren't you drinking here? Have one. You know what I mean? Like it, it is, yeah. it's very, it's very pushed upon you regardless. Um, and I realized that, yeah, like there was a point in my life where I like, didn't like my relationship with alcohol. Um, and Honestly, I think it was because of chronic overwhelm. It was because of the two under two. I was also suffering from postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, And it was a way to like feel the good feelings for a little while. Sure. And it's just such a vicious cycle because, you know, alcohol is a depressive. So it just (laughs) kicks you right in the ass on the other side. Yeah. Um, And I think for new moms, this whole mommy wine mommy needs wine message can be so dangerous for those reasons. Postpartum depression, mm-hmm. postpartum anxiety. Oh the yeah, definitely self-medicating. Absolutely. Like a hundred percent. That's what I was doing because nobody would listen to me either. Right. You know, you get so brushed under the rug of like, oh yeah, well, you just need to relax and have a glass of wine at the end of the day. Like, oh, you're, you know, your hormones, they'll figure themselves out. Like, oh, you've got a little yeah. baby blue. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like what, I'm struggling. Hello. <laughs> like, like it's, it's like women need to scream to the top of their lungs that they're really freaking struggling. And even then you fall through the cracks and even then people brush it off. 
And it's so hard to even admit that you're struggling because then Mm -hmm. you feel like you are ungrateful or you're not doing it right. Or you're a a crappy mom Yeah, and people will look at you less. I mean, I I feel like for my first child, I was like, I'm not going to ever ask for help. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to be the mom who looks like she can do it all. Um, And I really set myself up to fail. Um, because that hyper independence. I did that too with my first kid. I was like, no, I got this. And then when I got pregnant with the second, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't got this. I need, come on village. Yeah, please. Anyone? Yes. (laughs) Um, Take my, take my child. I need help. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, you know, and that's why like first time moms, I feel like when you have your partner, if you have an engaged partner, you can, you can kind of make it work again. barring like psychological issues. Um, but when you get into the multiple kids and it's just you or like your husband works a lot or is deployed or, or your partner is like just not super engaged. And then you have multiple kids and then compound that with like potential postpartum and psychological issues. Right. And as you said, it's a perfect storm. Like there's no, there's no other outlets. So like when we talk about the wine moms, like I don't think, and I, I, this is why I love your message so much too, is you don't vilify the wine moms. Right. Um, you just call into question the why behind it. Um, yeah. And I, and, the and I love that because yeah. I don't think being attacked is, is ever going to open somebody's mind, especially about something right. that's so like guilt ridden, you know, it's so shameful, the feeling of not being in control. Um, yeah. Or be doing something that you know is not necessarily on the up and up, but still doing it. You know, there's so much shame and so much stigma involved in like not being a perfect mom. Right. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, as a former wine mom myself, I, I can't even imagine somebody then attacking my drinking and saying, you know, here's more shame to add to your plate. Like that's, yes. like you said, that would, that's not the platform to be building this on this, it's more about, you know, understanding the why, um, understanding better ways and healthy coping mechanisms and, um, supporting each other. Yeah. Which is genuinely what every mother I feel like you're like the best friend who will call you on your bullshit, (laughs) but in like a loving way. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Like again, in a way that's not super confrontational because I feel yeah. like there, you could easily, especially if you're not in it, especially if you're not in that kind of life stage, you could look at it and be like, oh my God, these moms, like right. terrible, like what terrible moms they're just, and you, you just don't understand until you're in it, how much like all, like they're so interconnected, you know, anxiety, depression, motherhood, the way that we push moms into isolation and into chronic overwhelm and then tell them to be grateful about it. And then Mm -hmm. when you speak up about it, like people with platforms do, and I've been called ungrateful like a million freaking times online because I simply criticize motherhood, not my, like, not my kids, you know, it's not connected. It's not my children. It's motherhood that, that causes so many women to struggle. Yeah. Um, but whenever you do that, whenever you're a woman with a voice who wants to talk, be critical of the cards you've been dealt, you're called ungrateful. 
Yeah. And it's nothing about motherhood is that simple or simplistic. Um, and, but it's easy, you know, to take one component of the challenges of motherhood and drill it down, you know, into a 10 word comment. Um, but ultimately that's not going to help anybody. No. Well, the trolls never help really anybody but themselves. No, and they never have. (laughs) Um, so I would love to talk about too, like, so you said that you went cold turkey with your drinking. And so that, that Monday, how long did it take people to realize that you weren't drinking anymore? Yeah. I mean, I kept it very close to the chest. Um, and I, I kept it a a guilt ridden shame based secret for the first Mm -hmm. year where I was very much white knuckling everything I did. Um, I would go to parties and pretend to drink, you know, I'd have the the fake drink, you know, all the things. Um, or I try to sidestep conversations. Um, it wasn't until I was one year sober that, um, I was like, this is not something I necessarily, this isn't something to be ashamed of. Like, this is something I'm proud of. And I see an amazing direction this is taking me. And I want to tell this story. Uh, so that's when I started sharing about it through my writing. And um, I couldn't believe how supportive everyone was. I mean, people mm-hmm. were genuinely happy for me. That's uh, and great. it was the opposite of when I was first sober, the reaction I thought people were going to give me. Um, and really that started this whole new era for me. I know you're a Taylor Swift fan. My next era yes. um, where I wanted to be vocal about sobriety. Like this, yeah. I wanted Well, we need other more voices on the opposite side too. Yes. I mean, there aren't that many. Yeah. And this is an important conversation to have because I didn't have any friends who were sober, certainly not vocal about it. I don't and have any I sober wanted to know. Either, I wanted I people to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, it's so rare for people to speak up for that about that. Um, so if, I, if my sharing my story helps people or makes them feel less alone, then it's worth it for me. Um, and it wasn't. And then the pandemic hit, right? And How the pandemic was that? completely changed the recovery space. Um, for anybody who was in recovery, they lost or who went to recovery meetings, yeah. uh, they lost access to their meetings overnight uh, with quarantine. And um, a few friends um, led by one of my best friends, Emily Paulson, uh, started the Sober Mom Squad, which is this virtual space uh, where we started hosting meetings each week uh, for anyone oh, who identified great. as a mom and was sober or sober curious to come um, as a chance for community. And that was really my first step in any sort of support community whatsoever. Because up until then, I was just doing my thing. Uh, I'd read Quitlet every once in a while, which is literature about recovery. But otherwise, I was just kind of paving my own path. Um, But once I feel like once you understand the benefits of a recovery community, like you can never go back. So Mm -hmm. we just reached three years with Sober Mom Squad. I still lead these meetings every week on Wednesday. um, That's awesome. For for moms. And um, it's it's been such a game changer for my own recovery. 
Um, but it's also a great way for other mothers who are kind of in this really strange, uncomfortable space with no friends who understand where they're, what they're going through to be able to talk to yeah. each other. Yeah. Having a sense of community with anything where you're the outlier is so important. Like, and I credit social media for that. There's a lot of negatives about social media, but that's one definite positive because, you know, during the pandemic, I think everybody's life got turned upside down. I know people who didn't have problems with alcohol developed problems with alcohol. And then people who, and again, a symptom, right? A symptom of chaos. Yeah. And feeling out of control and, you know, doubt and worry and all of these negative emotions. And, you know, when people have to sit with negative emotions, it's really difficult and uncomfortable. And having people who can be there for you and with you to do that is like such an incredible thing. I think that's so great. The pandemic was so isolating for so many of us. And for mothers, like we got shit on yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of us got left with the, now we're teachers, you know, um, in addition to everything else, uh, lack of support. And um, that you can see that in the huge spike in women's drinking rates and um, overdose rates. Um, the, mm-hmm. the stats don't lie. Like people felt that it was brutal and I have to say the majority of the members of the Sober Mom Squad, they spiraled in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And again, there's no shame in that because that like right. just an unprecedented, like insane once right. in a we lifetime. Were, we were all winging it. And then on our social media, we were being told that, you know, drinking rules in the quarantine are airport rules. There are no rules. Airport rules. Yes. And, I remember that. You know, that quarantinis was also- and all the things. So, you know, it's not surprising whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. But it does leave us a bigger hole to have to try to get out of. Yeah. And have you been seeing more people? I guess I feel like the sober curious thing has definitely picked up yeah. um, traction. You see it a lot more. There's many more like non-alcoholic options. And again, as like a chronically pregnant person, I feel like I am super grateful for that. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you know, back when I had my daughter, I had her in 2014, you know, I think maybe Bex made a non-alcoholic beer and like that, that was your one option. And now Positive. there's like non-alcoholic cocktails and spritzers and zero alcohol, like all sorts of things. So it's definitely picking up speed. I think I think we're just becoming more aware of the negatives of it, even for people who don't necessarily have drinking problems right. or alcoholism, just like the physical negatives to drinking. Yeah. And the long-term um, health effects of even low to moderate drinking are finally getting news traction. I think for a lot of this research, uh, it's been out there for a while, but mm-hmm. only now is the media actually covering it. Um, and it's, it's making a big difference. We are seeing a change in the way alcohol is portrayed in the news. As um, as Laura McCallan would put it, it, it's no longer a them problem. It's an us problem, um, oh, yeah. which I think is helpful because, you know, it's not so much about getting everybody to stop drinking. It's about healthy awareness. Um, yeah. And, and I feel like aware. that's the journey I went on was an awareness journey because yes. I still, I still partake in alcohol, but I'm so much more cognizant of 
number one, the why behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had yeah. this thing um, through my last pregnancy. I went through a lot of like crazy deconstructing and like, man, like my whole world fell out basically like for like inner child stuff. And I was completely sober. And I remember just, oh, it was excruciatingly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I credit that with actually being just like the biggest silver lining was the fact that I couldn't drink, um, even though it was so supremely uncomfortable to go through this process and start this healing journey without the crutch of alcohol, because a thousand percent I would have used it. And I know that. And I think being able to sit with that discomfort sober does something different to you. Like you can process that. It does. And I don't know if they've done any studies on like psychology and alcohol, but like if you aren't actually feeling the feelings, you can't get through the feelings. And so when I went through that experience, I told myself if I'm if I'm having a really tough emotional time and I like I will not drink because I was like, that was so beneficial to do it without alcohol that like, if I go through it, you know, because healing is up and down and up and down. So like, you know, when I get to another point where it feels like the world's crashing in, just hold on and just get through it. (laughs) Well, and alcohol does, it stilts any sort of emotional processing Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make it go away. It just stops it. it. So like drinking through grief, drinking through trauma is not a good way to, it's not a long-term recovery strategy at all. It's not a healing strategy. It's a- All it's going to do is delay uh, the inevitable, essentially. Um, And a lot of, you know, people I've talked to agree that um, for once you've developed a drinking problem, um, there's no emotional growth. Um, You're not doing Mm -hmm. any emotional growth. So if you started developing a drinking problem at age 16, you have the emotional um, growth and intelligence of a 16-year-old. Yeah. And I mean, I think for that reason, when a lot of people like me quit and it's this emotional waterfall and it's hard and it's draining and it's exhausting and people spend days like just trying to sleep it out. And it's not even so much the alcohol itself. It's all this emotional overwhelm of what feel of all these emotions we've repressed for so many years. Oh my God. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to make me cry because I'm thinking about someone specifically and I'm like, oh, that explains mm. so much. Yeah. So much that I'm going to need to It's now so hard to do. Like it's, it's like the hardest work you can do when you are in recovery, uh, but it is the most important work. And mm-hmm. there are people that um, are so labeled So in your opinion, drunks. if you have like, let's say you have a history of trauma, you have issues to work through. Yeah. In your opinion, and I know you're not like a psych, you're not a psych doctor, but like, you know. <laughs> not at all. We're talking anyway. Um do you think you can do that work while drinking? I'm sure you can, um, but it's going to take a hell of a lot longer. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I'm sure most people do have to do that work um, while still actively drinking because most people drink. Uh, I think True. 80% of Americans drink. So they are doing that. But um, I'm actually you know, shocked it's not higher 80%. Yeah. 
Um, I'm assuming that's, that's like 80% of people over 21. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm like, I just so too. <laughs> okay. I, I, would, I was like, I, I hope that, so. maybe that's the other 20% children, but um, right. Yeah. I'm actually shocked. It's more, and I feel like that's regional too. I feel like you could find pockets where it's higher and pockets where it's lower, obviously more like strictly religious communities definitely have lower rates of, of drinking than let's say like the beaches of Charleston. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, city regions, urban areas versus rural. I mean, like you could really break it down, but, um, in the context of America, that's the, the latest stats I've heard. Wow. You know, I feel like this work that you're doing is, there's a couple people I follow who I feel this way about, but I feel like you are pioneering something that's going to be so commonplace in the next generation. Um, I feel like our kids are going to have a much healthier relationship with alcohol, are going to have a much better understanding of alcohol and problems with alcohol. And I feel like what you, it probably when you first started writing and talking about this felt so counterculture. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's going to be like you're ahead of the, your time. <laughs> <laughs> tell my husband that. Um, <laughs> tell all my friends that. No, I'm kidding. But um, when I first quit, you know, it was the end of 2017 and the word sober curious wasn't even a thing. Um, yep. Gray area drinking was a new concept I had never heard of. Uh, and the mocktail situation was non-existent. All yep. I could find was O'Doul's, right? But so much has changed just in the five years I've been sober. And since mm -hmm. I've started talking about it publicly on social media and whatnot, um, I've seen the narrative change in my comments and reactions. It's gone That's from really extremely defensive to extremely supportive. Um, and that's, so I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the transformation by myself. Like, and I can't even imagine like when we look at all the dynamics and what we're seeing from the statistics nationwide, how significant uh, the transformation is as well. Um, so I feel I like when we got to things. like bedazzled mom wine bags, I think all of us took a collective. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're drinking too much as a whole as mm -hmm. moms. Maybe, maybe it it's okay to be a little bit critical. <laughs> like we don't need a pencil case that says like, you know, Rose at soccer practice. Like we just, we don't need that. That, that shouldn't be a thing. And like, that's the other thing, the sports, the sports, like just on a completely different tangent, the amount of people that drink at their kids' sporting events, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's shocking. Or, or birthday parties. Um, this is my, like in my, I don't know about your experience, but I never grew up where the parents were drinking alcohol. Like this feels like it's a newer phenomenon. Um, and I have heard other countries, you know, when I, when I talk about this saying, you guys do what? <laughs> yeah. So. I do think there's um, this is a more recent uh, thing. The drinking at the sports games, the drinking at the birthday parties, um, finding uh, hiding your drinks in your thermos, um, you know, and, and and bragging about it. Um, I do think these are more recent um, things culturally that we're experiencing. It feels like it because I agree with you. I don't remember 
And again, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really pay attention, but I just don't think that that was the culture back then. I mean, don't get me wrong. Our parents partied, but like oh, yeah. just in a very different, more adult way. <laughs> yeah. You know, my dad, so my dad was an alcoholic, um, but he, I, I mean, he was a very a mad man, mad men-esque like this is what men do. Also very like, glamorized he, in the drinking. Yeah, uh, martini mm-hmm. lunches, a bar in his office. I mean, that's yep. how. Uh, this is what this is what grown ass men do. So um, it, it looked different, like you said. Yeah, and even touching back on the so mothers using substances to cope with motherhood is not new. No, um, from. You know, we talk about, oh, everyone talks about the good old days of the 1950s housewives. They were on so much drugs, yes. which like, of course they were, them. because yeah. if you're supposed to look perfect in your house, be clean and your kids be around, like you're going to need your, that's too much, man. That's, that's absolutely too much. So like there was rampant like uppers and downers and mm. alcohol and everything mixed with alcohol. Um, so sobriety wasn't like a thing. Right. And, you know, people are like, well, how did they do it? I'm like, well, drugs, drug problems. Like, that's how they did it. And people yeah. don't like when you say that either, but like, it's true. <laughs> but prescribed drugs um, mm-hmm. was significantly more prescribed to women in the 70s um, than it was to men. Um, and women got labeled, anyone who complained about motherhood was labeled psychotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, or they were put in mental institutions and, um, there for that very reason, they had to keep it under wraps, right? They couldn't complain. Like they had to stay quiet about it because, um, there was too much at risk for being mm-hmm. vocal about how, uh, how much of a crappy position they've been put in. And I feel like with the, as I said, like the bedazzled pencil bags and the, you know, wine mom, this whole culture of, of, you know, and like art made out of like wine bottle corks and stuff. I'm like, okay, (laughs) like now that we can all see it, we can now probably start talking about it. And I think that's maybe a good Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, not a great thing that like the entire wine mom culture happened, but a great thing that it has been because of social media. So out in the open that like we can all collectively take a critical look at the why behind it. Um, like, yeah. why is your whole life about drinking wine? Like, why? And that's what I try to do on my page with kind of every topic is get to the why of things. I just, I mm-hmm. love deep diving into things like that because there's always a why. There's always a why. Things don't just exist as they are for no reason. And mommy wine culture is not because women have a propensity for alcoholism. Exactly. It, it, it's because you're putting this amount of pressure on on this group of people, telling them not to complain about it, telling them not to talk about it, but then also giving, you know, especially in America, giving them absolutely no societal support, um, telling men that, you know, you know, that's women's work. Like, you know, so women are stuck isolated doing all this work and, and told that, well, this should be coming naturally to you. You know, what's wrong with And many of us are returning back to the workforce. And instead of, doing a shift in the unpaid labor at home or getting more societal support, we're told to lean in for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, and the toxic positive, uh, positivity and the hustle culture and um, the busyness culture um, is, is a very ugly, toxic way to respond to essentially women just have too much pressure on their plate as it stands. That's, yeah. that's the why. And until we get to that cause and do something um, that'll actually support us instead of putting mommy needs wine shirts at target, you know, yeah. Instead of shoving a glass of rosé in her hand, maybe, maybe we get some societal support and we could systemically change the problem. Yeah. But I don't know. They're not electing us. Maybe you should run for office, but I'm definitely not. (laughs) I I would be a terrible politician. (laughs) I and once said that I, like, somebody yeah, asked hand. if I had run for office and I was like, I have skeletons in my closet. They're like, have you seen the politicians? <laughs> True. I was like, but yeah, like I don't... said, most of them are men. Nobody seems yeah, to care. Yeah, <laughs> like women can't. I was like, but I'm a woman. W- women yeah. can't have any skeletons in their closet. Women Absolutely can't. not. Women have to be perfect. Men, yeah. not so much. Women have to be perfect. And if we aren't perfect, we should at least be quiet. Which is, I think, the overarching theme. Yeah. It's like we're not being quiet Maybe a little anymore. drunk. A little drunk and a, li- a little happier, a little more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is. It's Less all, it's all, com- it's all and- completely combined. And, and frankly, it's bullshit. Um, but I'm really glad that you are calling it out for what it is. I'm really proud of your five years of sobriety, by the way. Congratulations on Thank that. You. And congratulations on your book, which is coming out. Um, it's called It's not about the wine, which kind of goes into a lot of the things we talked about here, um, kind of the why behind the wine mom culture. Um, it's a yeah. great read. So if you're listening, go out and order that today. And Celeste, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about all of this stuff with me. Um, Celeste's handle is the ultimate mom challenge where she debunks and talks about toxic wine mommy culture and everything motherhood, really. Um, So I'm going to tag all of her socials down below. Go give her a follow. And thank you for joining me, Celeste. Thank you, Lisa. You are wonderful. Love talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. And don't forget to subscribe and follow along for the next episode. Um, This has been It's Called Life, and I'm Lisa P., and I will see you next time.